Imagine a life without anxiety. Growing up, I was a pretty anxious kid. For whatever reason, I'm sure there's probably a few reasons, but I just remember being a little nervous and a little insecure and easily embarrassed and just a worry, a kid that would worry, very hesitant, never taking risks. And I remember I uh, kind of broke out of my shell a little bit whenever I got into high school. And part of what helped me break out of my shell was I got more involved and I had some success in the things that I was involved in. And so I started to put my identity in my success. And the good news was that I was successful, but the bad news is that it's not a solid foundation to put your identity in because that just added more pressure and more anxiety to my life. And praise be Jesus Christ that through years of prayer and spiritual direction and growing in faith and good friendships, I've been set free in many ways of of that perfectionism and that anxiety that used to burden me so much. And I've tasted the freedom, the peace, and the joy that can come from Jesus. But nonetheless, anxiety is still a human experience that even myself I experience pretty often, certainly not what it used to be, but if you're human, you've probably at least at some point in your life experienced anxiety. And we are an anxious culture. In America, we are running around crazy. Most of us are highly anxious, and most of us are overcommitted, having an overactivity in our life, trying to do too much in just one 24-hour period. It seems to be commonplace, at least here in today's society. And what I've noticed is that whenever we are trying to do too much, this overactivity tends to lead towards distraction. Distraction from Jesus. And distraction eventually starts to lead to discouragement. And discouragement, if it's kept unchecked, can lead to despair. Jesus puts a limit on our activity in today's gospel. We have the great story of Mary and Martha, and we typically hate this story because it challenges us. So we have these two sisters, and what we do know is that Mary and Martha are friends with Jesus. They're close to Jesus, both of which became saints, so that's good news. And Jesus is visiting their home. So Martha, like a good hostess, begins to prepare the meal and provide hospitality and to serve her guest. These are all good things and things that you would expect in today's society as well as first century first century Judaism. Mary, meanwhile, is at the feet of Jesus. And let's be clear, Mary's not being lazy, nor is she being inconsiderate. So this is not a story about how we should all just lay on the couch and watch TV all day. Mary is being attentive to Jesus. Mary is an image of discipleship. First century Judaism, it was common for disciples to sit at the feet of their teacher while he taught, and they would receive his teachings and learn from him. 
So what we have here is an image, two images of our spiritual life. We have this active image of Martha who is serving, doing works of charity, who's providing hospitality. And that's important for all of us. And we also have this contemplative image of the spiritual life symbolized by Mary, who is at the feet of Jesus, listening to him, studying his words, an image of prayer, an image of discipleship. And although you may, by temperament, relate to one or the other, all of us should embrace the heart of Mary with the work of Martha. But how do we do it? Easier said than done. Especially because most of us are just so scattered. Our life is just all over the place. We're trying to do so much. We pride ourselves on being multitaskers. And we end up being distracted from the feet of Jesus. Maybe accomplishing quite a bit, but perhaps distracting our focus from Christ himself. So I want you to consider this evening, what distracts you from Jesus? What takes your focus off of him? You see, because Jesus didn't rebuke the activity, he didn't rebuke the uh, service, nor did he rebuke the hospitality. Martha's action was good. It was her interior disposition that was off. And in the Gospels, in, in the lectionary, it says burdened with serving. But, but the original Greek word of burdened is actually better translated as distracted. Martha was distracted with much serving. And so it's not so much that her service was bad. It's the fact that she was distracted while serving. Her heart was not on Christ. Instead, her heart was elsewhere, maybe the expectations of the perfect meal or the perfect amount of hospitality, or maybe jealousy from the fact that Mary was in there listening to Jesus, or maybe something else. So what distracts you? What distracts you from Jesus? Because if we could figure out what distracts us and we could have less distractions, I know, I'm confident that we would have less anxiety. So maybe what distracts you is sin, indulging in sin, maybe temptation, unhealthy habits, maybe addiction, and that distracts you from Jesus, caught into a cycle of darkness, maybe filled with discouragement because you just don't feel like you have what it takes to be set free. Or maybe what distracts you is your responsibilities. Maybe your type A, maybe your to-do list. Maybe, maybe you are a, a parent and you have a lot to take care of and the bills won't pay themselves and your kids have places to be. Maybe what's distracting you is fear or doubt. Fear of what others may think of you. Fear of um, maybe what God may ask of you. Fear of suffering, fear of illness, fear of watching someone else that you love suffer, doubt that God is actually a good father, doubt that God actually can heal, doubt that God actually does care. And so we take life upon our own shoulders and we believe the lie that we have to be in control. We put 
high expectations for ourselves, and whenever we don't meet those expectations, we're discouraged, embarrassed. We isolate, we hide. What distracts you from Jesus? Could be anything. All of us are distracted by something, probably. So what I want to do today is provide a little hope. What I want to do today is equip us with some tools to make us less anxious. And now, it's true. There some things we simply just cannot control. And anxiety sometimes just comes and we just have to deal with it. But I do believe that there is plenty that we can do to lessen our anxiety. That we can, at the very least, be less distracted and more focused on Jesus that we could embody the heart and the spirit of Mary, who's listening attentive at the feet of Jesus, so that when anxieties of the world come, we're stronger by God's grace. We don't fall apart in a tizzy. So I want to give you six things, six tools, um, six, six things that you can do to lessen your anxiety. How to be less anxious. The first three are what to do whenever you feel anxious. And the second three is what to do to prepare yourself so that you won't be anxious in the future. And both are going to be one P and two S's. PSS. All right. So what to do whenever you feel anxious? P, pause. First thing you do is pause. Sometimes it's amazing in my own life how that's really all that I really need. Just stop and pause for a second. It's amazing how so many of us are just victim to our own emotions throughout the day. All kinds of emotions here and there, everywhere, and we're just victim to it. And we don't even realize that we're angry. We don't even realize that we're tired. We don't even realize that we're anxious. But if we just pause... And humbly acknowledge that we are. It takes humility to do that. But that emotional awareness is an incredible first step to being set free of anxiety. Step one, pause. Step two, surrender. And I know we say surrender a lot, and that's a lot easier said than done. But what I mean by that is to actually articulate to Jesus, how you're feeling. Talk to him. Say, Jesus, I'm so anxious right now, and I don't know why, or I do know why, and here's why. To actually give it to Jesus. Sometimes it's even helpful to like imagine Jesus taking it out of your hands or off of your shoulders, but to actually give it to the Lord, to surrender, to articulate it and give it to him. And then once you do that, to have the courage not to dwell, but to move on, to simply do what you reasonably can do, but whatever else is out of your control, don't dwell on it, but to continue moving forward, to live a life of surrender. So step one is pause. Step two, surrender. And step three and it's hilarious because I forgot this this morning as well. And it's like, ah, oh, of course, simplify. Here we go. Simplify. If you feel anxious, the Lord wants you to simplify. Simplify your life. It's hard. 
to cut the slack, which is hard to do unless you know what you want to live your life for. You got to know what your mission is. You got to know which lens through which you're seeing the world. But once you identify your priorities, what values are most important to you, what your primary mission or goal in life is, then you can make decisions through that lens underneath that umbrella. Simplify your life. It takes a lot of courage to say no in order to say yes. We want to say no to distractions and yes to our mission. So what does that look like practically? Well, if you're young, maybe you have invitations to something every single night of the week. Sometimes we just got to say no in order to stay healthy, to say yes to the right things. Or maybe there's a bad group of friends that you know is going to lead you to temptation. We have to have the courage to say no to whatever activity they're about to engage in so that we can say yes to what's important to us. Or maybe if you are in the workplace, maybe your boss comes to you with an opportunity for a position that's going to make more money, but you also know that you'll never see your family, ever. And so we have the courage to say no in order to say yes to what's important. Maybe after the sixth episode on Netflix, we have the courage to say no to the seventh episode because too much is distracting us away from the Lord. Maybe instead of playing sports every single month and week of the year, we have the courage to take a season off to maybe play a few less sports so that we can focus on the Lord and relax and rejuvenate. So it just depends on your life. But if you feel anxious, perhaps the Lord's asking you to simplify your life. Perhaps the Lord is asking you to discern your priorities, to choose what's important, and to have the courage to say no even to things that are good. Which, by the way, we have to do all the time in church. We, as a staff, are constantly praying and discerning every opportunity. I mean, opportunities come all the time for a new program, a new idea. And believe me, the harvest is abundant and there's so much we could do. But we try to have the courage to say no, even to good programs and opportunities. So that we can say yes to the few things that we want to do well. If you feel anxious, pause surrender, and simplify. PSS. All right. Now, what do you do to prepare in advance so that you don't live a life of anxiety in the future? So the same thing, PSS. P, prayer. It's important to pray. And um, St. Francis de Sales, a wonderful uh, saint. He was a bishop in Genova, France, and uh, a few hundred years ago, And he gave a lot of teachings and advice, especially on how lay people, that is people that are not priests and religious, you, how you guys can be holy, can be saints. And he got very practical and very specific. And one of the things that he counseled lay people to do is to, at minimum, pray personal prayer for 30 minutes every single day. So I want to challenge you. I know that's a lot. Perhaps maybe you're thinking, oh my goodness, I don't even pray one minute. But I want to challenge you because there's good news here. Uh, 
St. Francis de Sales, he said, 30 minutes a day, unless you're busy. And if you're busy, you need to pray an hour a day. You see, because as our life gets more busy, prayer should increase, not decrease. And he was talking to lay people. And so I know it's kind of a challenge, but I do believe that we're ready to hear it and we're ready to strive for it, to work towards it. Because in addition to being free of anxiety, or at least lessening your anxiety, imagine the encounters with Jesus that you would have if we committed daily to at least 30 minutes of personal intentional prayer. It could be at home. It could be in this church. We do adoration uh, six of the seven days a week. Um, The church is unlocked a few days a week. Uh, There could be an adoration chapel in town. But to actually pray, imagine. Imagine how your life would be different. Uh, Mother Teresa had a similar philosophy, by the way, whenever she... um, You know, Mother Teresa, she was busy serving the poor, the poorest of the poor, and the poorest of the poor always have needs. It never stops. It never slows down. There's always something to do. And she gave her whole life to this. And so her sisters one day came to her, you might have heard this story before, came to her saying, Mother, we're just so busy. This is a crazy week. It's out of control. What if we got more accomplished by serving instead of doing our holy hour? We could have an extra hour of serving. Imagine how much more we can accomplish even in just that one hour. And don't worry, mother, because we could offer that up as a prayer. We could stay with Jesus and con- uh, have a conversation with him as we work. And Mother Teresa says, yes, you're absolutely right. We are so busy. So we should probably do an extra hour of prayer, making that two hours instead of zero. So the philosophy is the same. As your life gets busier, prayer should increase, not decrease. So P, pray. S, study. We should learn. We should learn something every single day. It doesn't have to be official and doesn't have to, you know, we don't have to take a test. We don't have to be enlisted in graduate school theology. But if you do have the time for that, I encourage it. But, if, but you don't have to do that. You, we just need to learn something about Jesus every single day. I'm not talking about church politics. I'm not church talking about, um, you know, learning about other stuff. That's fine too. But like, learn about Jesus. So read the Bible or get a daily devotional. Read the daily readings. Um, maybe you have a podcast that you subscribe to that teaches the faith. Maybe you have um, a certain YouTube channel that you watch that teaches the faith, or maybe you're reading the catechism, or, um, or the list goes on and on. Never in the world, have, in the history of the world, have we had so many resources for us to learn the faith. And every single day, we should be learning something. At minimum, we should at least be having a conversation with a brother or sister in Christ, and from that conversation, learning from their knowledge of Jesus. So S, study. You see, whenever we do that, we make that a habit, our desires transform. Our desires for worldly things and sinful things lessen, and our desires for Jesus to sit at his feet increase. So P, pray. S, study. The other S, silence. The big scary word that we are terrified of these days. But there should be some regular rhythm of silence in our life. I know that it's, it's hard, but the reason it's hard is because we are just inundated, over-consuming 
not silence. And so what does that look like practically? Well, um, if you're home alone, I know you might feel lonely. And so you put on the TV just for background noise, but that's a distraction. Um, Whenever you get in the car, you don't have to have your favorite song on the radio every single time. Um, whenever you have five minutes in the waiting room before your dentist visit, you don't have to immediately pull out your phone and scroll Facebook. What if in these situations we would put ourselves in the presence of God, be unproductive? What if we sat on the couch and just thought about the Lord for a few minutes instead of immediately grabbing the remote? You see, I'm not saying that you have to be a Carthusian monk and that you can't ever listen to the radio or watch TV or get online or have social media accounts. I'm not saying that. But what I am saying is we need to at least be honest with how much media has control over our lives. We need to stop acting like it's not affecting us because it is. And in order... We don't want it to have control over us. We want to have control over our intake of media, whether that's news, whether that's social media, whether that's radio, television, internet, YouTube, whatever. We need a regular rhythm of silence in our lives, at least some, because in silence, the Lord speaks. As we listen and as we experience a regular rhythm of silence, our brain gets a rest, There's a mental rest. There's meandering thoughts. There's holy desires. There's honesty and self-knowledge about what's going on inside. And now we have something to bring to prayer. So I know it's hard, but PSS, prayer, study, silence. So when you feel anxious, pause, surrender, and simplify. And whenever you want to prepare in advance, a good rhythm for us is to pray, to study, and to practice silence. No shame if you experience anxiety, especially high levels of anxiety, Um, but you do not have to be victim to it forever. I believe that if we enlist some of these practices on a daily basis, that we could be having the heart of Mary with the works of Martha, that we could be true disciples who are at the feet of Jesus, listening to him, receiving his love and living with peace, freedom, and joy. Amen.